Welcome everyone to Season 2 of Homebase Nation. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Hirschberg. We had planned on launching the second season in April 2020, but then COVID got in the way and altered all of our lives. In a continued, unprecedented time for all of us, we remain committed to bringing you another great season of conversation and storytelling on resilience over trauma and recovery to a new normal, while always shining a light on the people serving those who serve. This is Homebase Nation. Our first meeting was was about 30 seconds, right? It yeah. was, he, he came in uh, to the ICU and I said, we're going immediately to the operating room. On June 9th, 2019, Red Sox legend David Big Poppy Ortiz was shot in the back while in the Dominican Republic. The next day, he was flown to Boston where Massachusetts General Hospital trauma surgeon and Army Colonel David King would be waiting for him in the intensive care unit. On arrival, his blood pressure was unusually low, and this meant that Dr. King and his team would need to take him straight to the operating room. But this bond between two Boston heroes actually began in another operating room in April of 2013, just a few days after the Boston Marathon bombing. Even in the trenches of operating on and caring for all these people, I remember seeing David on TV at Fenway, watching and listening to his comments to the park, the city, the country. It was a national stage, international stage. And thinking to myself, I wanted to say that. This jersey that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox. It say Boston. When I grab the microphone, I want to say more than telling you right now, you know? <laughs> like, this is our city. Stay strong. Thank you. In the wake of a spring surge here in Boston, the country and the world still struggles with uncertainty and a lack of clarity. What is clear, however, is that the phrase Boston Strong after the 2013 marathon bombing continues to apply locally and globally when it comes to resiliency and the healing of our communities. So at Homebase, we are really excited to kick off this season with a story of optimism during two periods of time and two types of trauma, and how two inspirational men, both named David, first met. This is the situation is not safe right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to the operating room. Even just a handshake. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yep. That was the intro right there. That was the intro. <laughs> On starting the healing process post-trauma together. Are we still three steps forward, two steps back? Or are we kind of no, going actually, over the every step right now is going forward. Four, <laughs> we may be going to four steps. Oh yeah. When home becomes the same war zone for two fathers living in Boston. One, a three-time World Series champion and a member of the 500 Home Run Club, and another, a combat surgeon deploying multiple times overseas and having completed more than 50 marathons and 11 Ironman triathlons. Dr. King has been in Afghanistan. You know how things are down there for a reason. And you look at what happened a few blocks away from here. I I can imagine the way he feels like. I've deployed so many times, and every time I, I go downrange, I think, I'm going downrange, uh, so we take care of business there so it's not showing up on Boylston Street, right? Or in New York, or, I mean, pick a place. I, I can stop looking at the, at the spot right there in Boylston and just thinking about it was one of my kids. 
For home base, this conversation is truly special for our own family as both the Red Sox Foundation and the Massachusetts General Hospital have given us the ability to build this program over 10 years. So it's no surprise that these two organizations have been so impactful and influenced both David King and David Ortiz in a big way. Thank you for joining us for this conversation, and we'll see you on the other end. It's an honor to meet you. My pleasure. Yeah, and I, I, I know this guy. <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah man. We got Dr. David King and Dr. David Ortiz here. <laughs> <laughs> you got an honorary doctorate in anatomy, it sounds like, already. <laughs> but how, how did that work between the two of you guys? Tell me about that first interaction of, uh, how did that work with you guys? So um, I just spent the last six months learning how to make David Ortiz do things that David Ortiz doesn't want to do. This is, this is a high bar. Um, I agree. Get up out of bed and walk around. No, I don't want to walk around. Mm-mm. And I say, I don't care what you want to do. Get up out of bed and walk around. Or tell him. That was him, just a lieutenant colonel yeah, telling right. Now we have, now <laughs> yeah. we have a colonel. Right. They know. <laughs> they know something that we don't. And telling him, you got to be patient. He says, I don't want to be patient. I want it now. I said, it's not ready now. No. <laughs> But our first meeting was was about 30 seconds, right? It yeah. was he he came in uh, to the ICU and I said we're going immediately to the operating room. This is the situation is not safe right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to the operating room. Even just a handshake. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yep. That was the intro right there. That was the intro. <laughs> so, Dr. King, when you say to somebody that David Ortiz needs to be back on his A game and he wants it to happen right now, you strike me as someone that you can relate with that. Yeah, I want it right now. I want everything right now. But uh, sometimes we don't we don't get right now in this business, you know? Particularly with the with the set of problems that uh, that David had. Uh, we I knew going into it this was not going to be a, a one week fix. Uh, I, I I told him as much. I told him and the family, you know, mm-hmm. that this was going to mm-hmm. be three steps forward, two steps back. That that's how the game goes. Uh, and the best laid plans of mice and men. Mm. And the key to the game, I think, here was to maintain at least somebody, our team, mm. the MGH team, mm. maintaining the optimism uh, and telling them every day that this was going to work out. We're going to figure it out. And we did. What we know about recovery is that optimism can matter. Tell me about optimism in your life. Well, to be honest with you, um, my whole life has been um, resolved from one day to another. As a baseball player, for you to um, have a long career and to separate yourself from from the average, you had to be able to fix things from one day to another. You can get cut off in a slum for a whole month because mm. it doesn't work that way. So you, your life experience is based on that because mm. that's all you know, right? But... I'm so glad that I came to work with a team like Dr. King and this hospital. And it's because everything was, everything came out the way they expected and probably even better because a lot of people see me now. And first, the first thing they ask me, are you okay? And I be like, yes. What can you eat and what can you not? I be like, I can eat everything. Hmm. And the minute I say that, they go to how about functioning wise how you how you feeling i'm like yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect you know and a lot of people that probably know about this type of things more than me 
they basically told me that's a miracle. Good thing is that this man right here, everything he told me, mm. how it was gonna be, he has been right on. You know, and and and. Are we still three steps forward, two steps back, or are we kind of no? Going actually, over every to step two, right now is going forward. Four, <laughs> we may be going to four steps. Oh yeah, everything is thanks God, everything is it's going good. You know, like right now we're still dealing with the healing process because I got three surgeries and. Um, I'm I'm healing up really well, but the last time I got surgery was, I think it was Ju uh, July. July. Yeah. And you know, uh, um, things like everything go back to normal at least six months later. You know, but I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm. Uh, so there's a normal here, that sometimes some people call a new normal, a new and normal. sometimes people feel better in some ways like weirdly is there anything that you feel you're better at now um you know what i i learned one thing after what happened to me because reality is that uh i never saw that coming i tried to be nice to people i tried to help people i just i believe in god and i believe in his words and what he say so when when you are not out there doing anything that can cost you this, you're not expecting it. But there's people with different mentality out there, you know? And now I'm expecting things that I never used to worry about hmm. based on what happened to me. So now I gotta start seeing things differently than what I used to. Now I gotta be more protective, not only of myself, my family, you know, because of it. And you start seeing things and viewing things differently, you know. You know, like I, this this will happen to me the other day. I'm mm -hmm. working in the playoffs during the World Series, and we had to go um, from one point to the other, walking through people and stuff like that. And 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 I'm I'm at the baseball stadium for a minute. I hit the panic button because of the trauma, you know. I kind of was worried about. What did you hear or what did you see? No, I was just walking with, through through the fans, you know, and everybody oh, and it hit you out of the blue. Every, yeah, everybody everybody wanted a piece of you. So, what happened to me happened being in public, you know what I'm saying? So, huh. it, 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 I kind of got cut off into it for a minute, and then I kind of I'm really good at, at, at talking to myself, and then I kind of calm myself down because, but it happens, you know. These are the type of things that you had to deal with once. Uh, um, this happened to you, and 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 I was fine, but but things have start you know moving toward different, and you have an inner voice that sort of grounds you each time. Yeah, yeah. This is obviously a trauma that happened to you, David, mm -hmm. and trauma and moving forward. I can't help but think about what connected you guys six years ago, finishing that marathon, April 15th, getting the call while you're coming home after the marathon, David and Dave, and you need to divert your cab or wherever you're in to MGH because you knew that there was something going on. But that experience for you, Dave, who would think you'd be connected with someone that healed our city a few days later in the middle of Fenway Park. But shout out to that whole stadium. So it's, it's funny, in the, in the days after 
the marathon bombing, uh, I, along with everybody else on the trauma team, was wor- working their tails off here, right? And e- even in the uh, e- even in the trenches of of operating on and caring for all these people, um, I remember seeing David on on TV uh, at Fenway, uh, listening, watching, and listening to his comments to the park, the city, right, the country. It was a national stage, international stage, and thinking to myself. I wanted to say that it was it, w- it was as if he like took the words right out of my mouth, right? Um, and to think that it would all come come back around in such a strange way six years later, yeah, I, I felt like uh, like at that point in time, you know, David was speaking my mind for me. Probably was speaking everybody's mind, like many people probably thinking exactly the same thing, but uh, he had the platform to say it. And I think it, to your point, um, started the very long process of what does it take to heal a heal. city? Yeah. I think you spoke for everyone that day in, in a stadium, but also, like David said, around the world. I mean, it was when, when you get associated with that, with that comment you made that helped Boston and an entire city heal, you had a citizenship, I think, in 2008. How does that feel as someone who um, made Boston their new home? Well, you know, <clears throat> reality is that uh, things happen that ain't supposed to happen. And sometimes, as a human, we don't know how to deal with We don't know how to put up with that type of situation because it's a surprise. The marathon is something that we all somehow, way are connected to. Raise money to help people. We all come... We all have a family member that is suffering or something, you know. That's what the marathon is for. And when you see this bombing going off in the marathon, it's a shocker. And I was angry, just like everybody else, you know. Like, I I could have saved more, <laughs> to be honest with you. I keep it tight. <laughs> I keep it tight. You did a, a nice Bostonian F-bomb. Hey, I'm telling you, I keep it tight. I want to save more because I was so angry, you know. Innocent people dying when you or you are trying to do is do the right thing, you know. That hurt. That hurt. That that, that was something that kind of like hit me hard. We all got kids. We all got family, you know. Just think about it. Just 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 where those family members choose for a minute. See how it feel like, you know. Yeah. It's something that uh, it made no sense at all, you know. And it's just just come out of nowhere and do that type of thing. I was I was rehabbing at the time. Mm. I was here in the city. The team was gone, but I was here. I even saw the block hog just flying around my house. And when I grabbed the microphone, I want to say more than telling you right now, you know? <laughs> like, I, 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 but, but this city though, this city um, reunited so well. Everybody got together so good, you know, everybody uh, seems like the city recovered faster than what it was suspected. Because let me tell you, this this type of things, you know, stay with you for a minute. And and, and that trauma make you do things differently. Like I said before, in my case, my personal situation, those are the things that I'm dealing with right now. And hopefully I can, you know, feel like... I can go back to what I used to be. 
more careful, you know, by you don't want to live your life like that, you know. <laughs> we fight for freedom in this country a long time ago. The freedom of you being able to walk on the street and not expecting anybody to shoot you or, or, or blow a bomb around you or this and that, I mean, that's... that's we don't expect this where we live. And exactly. I think, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir for, for Dr. King that seeing those when that happened, this was like we're like in the middle of Af- Afghanistan. But yeah, it happened a few around. block away from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, Dr. King has been in Afghanistan, you know, where you know how things are down there for a reason. And you look at what happened a few blocks away from here, and you be like, I can imagine the way he feels like, you know, I mean. Well, I was angry, too, to yeah, circle yeah. back on this. And wearing all your hats at once. Yeah. yeah. So a bunch of years ago, on the, on the 10th anniversary of 9-11, I was downrange in Afghanistan. And a buddy of mine uh, named George, <clears throat> George and I were in the, in the middle of Afghanistan and uh, in the middle of this giant um, rocket attack recoilless rifles some rockets mm-hmm. some mortars were landing on top of us and um my buddy george and i were running to this um bunker and then uh, we got called out of the bunker to go treat a bunch of casualties so now we're you know running around this ford operating base with these all this stuff exploding around us and uh, after this settled down we operate on some casualties i turned to george and in a what i think was a, a rare moment of self-doubt for me because um, I, I rarely have those but after an experience like that you know I, I turned to George and I'm mm-hmm. like George what are we doing here and George turned to me and he's like we're, we're, we're doing this right now so we're not doing it at home uh, so this is just two years before the bombing here yes and after the, after the Boston bombing I mean I was beside myself I, I'm still beside myself, <laughs> right? I can't, I can't understand it. I, I mean, I've deployed so many times, and every time I, I go down range, I think I'm going down range, uh, so we take care of business there, so it's not showing up on Boylston Street, right, or in yeah. New York, or I mean, yeah. pick a place, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, as as I think I've I've said before, when it happens in in your own city, uh, at your own Marathon, a marathon, right? A place, an event that um, largely celebrates goodness and uh, health and um, optimism. I mean, that's the the event is not just a, a road race, right? Certainly, some might be, but not this one. Not the oldest continuously running marathon in the world, right? It has all this much more profound meaning. And when when something like that happens. Um, for me, it was it, it derailed uh, a whole thought process and compartmentalization of um, mm. uh, why, you know, why is terrorism touching us right here, like at home, man, at home. So I was angry. Well, and it, you happen to be running the marathon. Uh, yeah, th- I so want to remind you that it wasn't yeah. just yeah, it wasn't just uh, my city and and a marathon. It was my marathon, right? It it was my day, just like it was for. Uh, whatever it was, 27,000 other people. It was their day. Uh, so, yeah, I was angry. So I could relate to, to what David was saying um, as if he was taking the, the words out of my own mouth. But I, I'll tell you, uh, I had uh, an opportunity to um, uh, voice my anger, albeit 
uh, I had to censor myself mm. when the um, federal prosecutors uh, approached me about testifying in their Sarnayev trial. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just a, yes, I'm happy to help. It was, hell yes, I got, I got things to say here. Here's my cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I was angry. Uh, and of course, court is not the place to be angry. Um, but it was, it, for me, the testifying at that trial, it, not only was it the right thing to do, um, it was an outlet for, it was a therapeutic outlet for me. It sounded cathartic for you. Yeah. yeah. Boylston Street. So, David, you're on the duck boats. You're traveling through the city. That was April, the bombs, and then the World Series is what, October? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going by literally the site, I would imagine. Yeah, we stopped there. We, we, we stopped in Boylston right where the bombing went off, and it was, it was, uh, it was a weird feeling. To be honest with you, you know. You have like thousands of people cheering that you just won the World Series. Yeah, it was a weird feeling, you know. I, I you know, you feel that emptiness. You think about what happened six months uh, prior to that, and basically think about everything that the city went through, the family members, you know, all the frustration, people that lost their life, you know. Mm. I remember this this photo of this one uh, uh, policeman that uh, was standing up right next to the body of the eight-year-old kid that got killed. And now I, I can stop looking at the, at the spot right there in Boston, just thinking about, you know, it was one of my kids. Yeah. More likely, most of the time, we had those days that we play early and then we travel, but it was a few times that we, you know, continue staying in the city, and and you want to go out there and cheer for uh, the runners, you know, and yeah. and man, I mean, just think about it, you know, and it was something that I I can start thinking about it once we made that stop, and I I it, this whole 2013 season. It reminded me a little bit of the 2004 based on on, on a movie that they were filming at Fenway. Mm. Oh, the uh, Jimmy Fallon one? Yeah, the Jimmy yeah. Fallon, that the end was supposed to be a sad end. And, and then something and they happened. Had to, they, they had to change it because we ended up winning that year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hollywood yeah. must have told you. What's going was, on here? Yeah, it was scripted to, to be... Oh, man, I thought the rest of us was going to win this year. Another, we got to win another year, but... Yeah. Because we ended up winning, they had they had to change the script. So uh, <laughs> you heard about it before, right? Yeah, it is. It's a good movie too. Okay, so but this was like like a true story movie. Yeah, the way everything went down, you know, like people had to die. We basically we we, we want to do something for the city. I mean, the Red Sox. It's an organization that I I. I thank them so much because they not only build me as a player, they build me as a as a human being. They teach me how to get connected with the community. They teach me how to hmm. how to feel for the community. They teach me how to how to be thankful and grateful with 
everything that is going on around me. And I'm pretty sure that happened to a lot of my teammates. So, And you can't only teach that, though. So there's something in you. Yeah, you when you were that, when you were a little kid, and that when you went through a lot of challenges to get to that level. You're right. You're right. And, but, You're absolutely right. They must have triggered something in you. You're absolutely right. You know, I come from a struggle. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and when you see people are struggling, you get you get familiar with it. you you mm. you get related to it, and you want to do something about it. You know, and and um, that year. Once everything goes down like that and early in the season, you know, as a player, he stayed with you, you know. That's why I remember, you know, during the season, I, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of new kids mm. that just came in, and mm. and I know they all look up to me, so I want to I wanna make that different, you know, and everything worked out perfect. It seems like we ended up winning the World Series, bringing happiness to the city. Matter of fact, what happened to Houston mm. the year that they won the World Series? Right, it was, was after something the, uh, similar hurricane? the hurricane that kills a lot of people and a lot of homeless people. Or a lot of bad things happen out there. You how know, does like, it, how does this happen? God, man, you gotta believe in God, man. God, he 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 had a purpose. We all of us, mm. you know, and he make he make us understand situation. Nothing comes easy. Things happen for a reason. I, I I tell you what, I guarantee you, people and and and, and everything around this city began to be better after what happened to us. Life made more, made more sense to people. Boston is one of the city that I can tell you that people is so into helping uh, uh, others. God is there, and he, he he made the decisions. I believe in that. You know, God put these guys on my way right here. For me to be here talking to you today, that's the way I see it. Everything, life is a circle. I'm going to thank him right now for getting us together. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding me? We got a marathon coming up. Tell me about that. Uh, The marathon is always, you know, something that we all expect. That's nothing that you... uh, it's not a surprise anymore. Not to me. And, and neither to this guy right here because he's running the marathon also, you know. Like, Have you ever run a marathon before? Uh, yeah. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Maybe. I think the count is actually <laughs> 62. Yeah. All right. And I don't know if anybody knows uh, out there knows what an Iron Man is. But you know what an Iron Man right is, here, David? Right here. Right yeah. next to me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with, uh, with uh, the Avengers. It's actually, um, no, I think you, he's done 11. Right? Correct. And then you have another one coming up. Correct. Yeah. I got to tell you, if if the Avenger really exists, yeah. if they're real, I like this guy right here. <laughs> nice. This is a true Avenger right here. I mean, this guy saves so many life. But I always see story about great people that have been living this circle of life that after they end up passing away, people start realizing how good they were, you know. Yeah. I, I always think the opposite. I think people need to know that while well, these people are still alive. You gotta celebrate. You got to celebrate, you know. And this man right here deserves that celebration because he's that good. Cheers to that. And Avenger. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, David. So the marathon is coming up and I and you have a team? So, yeah. Yeah. We have Tell a team every year to, to to run for 
Matter of fact, this guy asked me the other day if he can run for our yeah. team. <laughs> you going to let him? I told my wife about it, and she was like, oh, he's in. <laughs> he's in? Good. You got you, you to you run it by Tiffany first. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiffany's the one who runs that. She was like, we have like a, it's got to be like a background marathon before. Yeah, I already had a, I had a qualifying time as i have had for yeah. several years so i already had a yeah. bib but um so tiffany already yeah. knows that yeah so yeah when he asks like, if he can run he's got for some us, special card oh, yeah. or something oh, yeah. He's, he's oh just... yeah it's like somebody invited me to his batting practice with their kids <laughs> <laughs> you can't live in this city or have uh, any love for this city and not get involved in yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not possible not even yeah. it, it don't even have to be being part of this like you got people from everywhere coming to the marathon yeah yeah that, those are the people that win africa <laughs> everywhere you know like those I'm are the people you. that win but i have to say um we're talking about the city healing after after the bombing i yeah. mean a world series victory six months afterwards hmm. and then i i just as as a, a marathoner and you know yeah fan of boston yeah uh meb Kaflezi winning an american winning the very next mar- in 2014, mm. I, I don't know. This, this, there's just so much that the the symbolism is just thick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the you know obviously the the bombing was awful, but um, the, the way that the city, the Red Sox, Mass General, the marathon, uh, just the the marathon, the re- the recovery afterwards, just remarkable. And you, you look at the 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 survivors. Um, and their recovery afterwards, and in the years since, the, the whole thing is an incredible story. So I want to thank you guys uh, for sitting here and talking with talking with me and getting to talk with each other a little bit. My pleasure. Yeah. It's always good, man. I know you got a busy day. Yeah, I, I'm all over the place today, but, yeah. you know, like Dr. King is something that I, everybody should know, man. Everybody should know. <laughs> we got a hero right here in this building. Just a cog in the wheel. Yeah. I, I have to say that this this place, Mass General, um, is is an incredible place. Uh, just the people, the infrastructure, the opportunity. Um, we do some incredible things here, and uh, uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have an impact. Cheers yeah. to that. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I love you, man. You're the best, man. Colonel David King and Red Sox legend David Ortiz are intimately connected. Doctor and patient, Iron Man and power hitter, hero and hero, who both have given their service to this country in their own separate way, although with an interwoven healing of themselves and a community. At home base, we are always grateful for the MGH Red Sox synergy, and having David and David here to represent our parent institutions brings it all home. We wish Mr. Ortiz a continued strong recovery and big success for the upcoming 2020 virtual Boston Marathon team, supporting the David Ortiz Children's Fund. And Dr. King, you know you've done something right when Big Poppy himself calls you an Avenger. The Run to Home Base is our most critical annual fundraiser and a primary source of funding for the clinical care and support for our veterans and their families who are impacted by the invisible wounds of war. 
As we are all aware, 2020 has been extremely tough financially on many people and organizations, including Homebase. As such, we need your help now more than ever. Funds raised through this event are crucial to our program. Our revenue goal this year has been adjusted to $1 million from $2.5 million we raised in 2019. Your support this year will ensure we can continue our traumatic brain injury programs to include our special operations community. Thanks to our generous sponsors this year, 100% of every dollar raised will go directly towards the life-saving care provided by Homebase. The 2020 Run to Homebase will be reimagined as a virtual race on Saturday, September 26. As you all know, the turbulence associated with the coronavirus pandemic has affected each of our lives profoundly. Schools, colleges, and many employers are looking at remote operations going into and beyond the fall, and there will be no fans in attendance at Fenway for the foreseeable future. A virtual race is a race that can be run or walked from any location you choose. You can run, jog, or walk on a road, on a trail, or on a treadmill, or at the gym or on a track. You get to do your own race at your own pace. Our veteran and service member support at Run to Home Base may be at Fenway each year, but in 2020, this is your chance from around the country and world to tell us your story. We would love to hear from you. Please post on Facebook, Instagram, or other social media who you run for and why you run and where you are. Just use the hashtag RTHB2020 and we'll find you. While Homebase is sad we won't be all getting together at Fenway this year, we encourage you to register and join on September 26. Just visit us at runtohomebase.org. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continued support, patience, and understanding.